Briggs. It's your old pal, the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> this is Joe Bob Briggs. This is Jeffrey Combs. Hey, this is Scotty from Anthrax. Hi, you're listening to Adrienne Barbeau. Hi, this is Doc Bradley. You're listening to Quality Time. You're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Broadcast. And you're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Podcast. I'm saying this under duress. You better keep listening or I will tear your soul apart. Station, okay. <laughs> uh, well, you know what? I'm trying to convert myself out of COVID. Welcome to Quality Time. I'm back once again. I'm your host, Eric Woodworth. I'm joined by my blood, my brother, the man who seems to be uh, being hacked by foreign entities as we speak, Jeremy P. Woodworth. Jeremy, how are you, sir? I just saw. Um a, a fly the size of enti- an entire horse fly. A horse fly the size of an entire uh, horse what fly. Is, what is going what, what is that? I don't what? know. Your screen's <laughs> acting real crazy, though. <laughs> what is that? It makes no s- I'm part of uh, <laughs> Max Headroom now. Yeah, Jer- I, Jeremy's, <laughs> Jeremy's screen is going absolutely nuts. Um, it's, it's video room. <laughs> this is this is really cute, Jeremy. Uh, we're also joined by the very lovely, talented, our sister, uh, Miss Ashley Pontius. Ashley, how are you? I always feel weird when you call me the sister of the podcast, but thank you for having me. I think if you call me, like, stepsister of the podcast, that would make more sense. Okay. Our our bastard stepsister, Ashley Pontius, is on the yeah. show She's back once again. We're be- we're here for quality time. I'm excited because today uh, I will emerge much like the groundhog on uh, February second uh, to find out if I will have six more months, uh, six more weeks of COVID, which I don't. I tested yesterday. I'm clean. And I got a I got a clean bill of health. I'm snot free. I have my voice, and boy oh boy, am I ready to make the cellar door super spreader event tonight i'm excited um to be back in the mix now i i don't have a lot of stories this week because i like i said i was on lockdown right but i do have one movie that i would like to bring to y'all's attention and i wonder if jeremy has seen this and i might i mentioned it to you earlier um ashley on shutter there is a movie that i oh I didn't know what it was. I chose it based purely off the name of loan. It's called The Phantom of the Mall, Eric's Revenge. Jeremy, have you seen Phantom of the Mall, Eric's Revenge? No. Well, Jeremy, let me just tell you about this 1989 Classico real quick. Um, It basically follows the same kind of idea. You know how the Phantom of the Opera works. Well, this is the Phantom of the Mall. And the Phantom of the Mall hides in the air ducts of the uh, of the mall. Jeremy, let me just read off a couple of uh, 
some of these um, big name stars in this movie. Uh, how about Morgan Fairchild? Are you a big Morgan Fairchild fan? <laughs> wow, they paid money for her. Wow, nice. Yep, they have Morgan Fairchild. She plays the mayor of Middleton, uh, which is the town where this is taking place. Oh, uh, by the way, by the way, when I when I uh, met uh, John Levitz, I had to show him his my, my picture with with uh, Morgan Fairchild, my wife. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah, my wife, Morgan Fairchild. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh they also have some other real uh real big name stars in this. They have uh Rob Estes, who I believe is from 90210 or um sorry, Melrose Place. Uh or was it 90210? It doesn't matter. It's one of those fucking shit shows that uh um Tori Spelling's dad wrote. Um but he's in it. This is before all of that. Jeremy, I'm not 100% sure. But this 1988 movie, I'm pretty sure, and he has a major role throughout the movie, Pauly Shore. Um, <laughs> Pauly Shore. Star, star. He's not even top billing. He's like the third actor in it. He's the comic relief. He plays a character named Buzz, and he doesn't say the weasel even once. He talks in a regular voice, but still very much looks like a goofy-ass Pauly Shore. Um there's one scene where you get a little bit of Polly where he shows he has to distract a, a mall security guard. So he shows him his nipple like this, like, ooh, you liking the nipples like this. And then he walks and shows his ass. And that is like uh, the most Polly Shore moment of this film. Um, oh, it's doing it again. Yeah, I like it, Jeremy. It, I can't oh. tell if Jeremy's actually having a stroke or not sometimes. So and actually, Matt Frewer. Matt Frewer. <laughs> I think there should be a new movie for Polly uh, coming out here soon, which is where Polly tries to find love with both men and women, and it's called Polly Amorous. Oh, the whistle. Look at me. I'm into all types of open relationships. <laughs> you look, hey, you might have fixed it, Jeremy. You look good now. No, nope, it's, it's back again. Yes. <laughs> at least at least the video is at least the audio is still there and it's not like a fucking Max Hedrum video. Yeah, I mean I'm this is cool, man. I actually like this better, personally. Um, so the uh there there is also one other star in this movie, and I, I won't go much more into it. It might be a future quality time ap episode. It also has the great Ken Forey in it because he can't be in a movie that doesn't have a mall. So um yeah, what else do I know him from? I obviously know the name. Texas Chainsaw uh, Part Four. Okay, that's the weirdest pull you could have done, but he is the he is <laughs> the, uh, the Devil's Rejects. He's in the Devil's Rejects as the guy who says you fuck chickens or he's also the guy most famously in dawn of the dead he's the black guy in dawn of the ridge dawn of the dead we, i got you and mm. we mentioned the um the 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 uh line from uh what what whatever let's put them all off oh, yes yes <laughs> had, it, had, it, had it almost down you almost got it oh Hey, last person from this movie, this fucking dog shit movie called Phantom of the Mall, um, uh, Gregory Scott Cummings, who uh, you might not recognize his name, but he plays Mac's dad in the show. It's always sunny in Philadelphia, his his incarcerated father. And he's like really young in this. And I was like, I recognize this motherfucker. That's fucking Mac's dad as a young man. 
it's fucking crazy to see, man. It's it's a great I, movie. I would be down for us doing it in the future for for sure. When Eric first mentioned Phantom of the Mall, I just thought he was talking about Sears. So I was like, well, I don't know. Well, well, to be clear, it's called The Phantom of the Mall. Eric's Revenge. Okay, it, it is very not to be confused because I didn't. I was like, is there a, is there another Phantom of the Mall that I missed before this? I'm like, no, this right. is just this is Phantom of the Mall. <laughs> Eric's Revenge. It should. I mean, I don't want to ruin the movie. Is Eric a character that matters in this movie? He's the Phantom of the Mall. He Eric is the Phantom. He's the Phantom okay. of the Mall. Hey, do you want to know what makes this better than the Phantom of the Opera, though? And I don't want to. I know I'm giving off some spoilers. Do you know what? You know what I felt like the Phantom from the Phantom of the Opera really missed. I mean, great singer. This one doesn't sing. You know what he replaces singing with them? Does he skateboard? <laughs> oh no, no. But there is skateboarding in it. No, <laughs> there is skateboarding in it. No, he's replaced uh, uh, this phantom because it's close to the nineties. He's he's ready. He's you know he's got to be a modern guy. Fully functional kickboxer. Okay. <laughs> He, he he knows karate and he practices it constantly in the dark spaces of a brand new ball. Well, now we have to do it. I told you. Listen, I tell you, it's a future quality type pick for me. Um, my last story, uh, being locked up all week, I because I did nothing but play my arcade video games and do the least amount of work possible. Um, I. <laughs> I got talked to my mother this week. God bless her. God bless our sweet mother, Jeremy. Um, but uh, I had to have a, like an hour long conversation with her because she goes like this. She goes, hey, and I told her I had COVID or whatever. I was on lockdown and that, you know, because she's going out of the country uh, for a wedding, a Woodworth wedding next week. She I said, we're probably not going to bring the kids by. They're supposed to have a little sleepover. Right. So I said, hey. Um, we're going to keep them put here so we don't risk getting you sick or something. And she goes, oh, that's cool. And she goes, hey, did you know COVID is actually made up of snake venoms? Did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> I go, oh, really? <laughs> so, so I have like this brief moment. I'm like, okay. Whew. Now, I don't know if you guys have ever uh, been privy to the fun conspiracy theory that COVID is made up of snake venom. It's a fun one. It's based off of this uh, turbo conservative movie called Watch the Water, okay, which uh, uh, aired last year and in like April. Now, I've watched Watch the Water because I am a glutton for a good conspiracy theory. I get excited when I hear a new one. And when I heard that snake venom is COVID, I was just like, you're the floor is yours. Jeremy, I've, I've watched this movie before. Okay. I've watched it before I heard mom because if mom gets a conspiracy theory, I've heard it's last year's one. You understand? It's been, <laughs> this has been debunked four times already and I'm, she's just getting to it because that's her news cycle. Okay. So I go, I, I, this, this movie, uh, watch the water. It's about, um, a guy who's an ER physician. And he, his theory, there's a little bit of pseudoscience. He's just like, hey, you know, his theory is like, you know how they didn't want us to use monoclonal antibodies? You know why? They stopped snake venom. So COVID is snake venom. <laughs> so, and Jeremy, this is the good, this is where it gets good. 
you go through like this doctor kind of showing like some pseudoscience stuff like this is what this looks like and this is what this looks like and all of this has been kind of thoroughly debunked over the last like month or so uh months after it came out he goes um at the 30 minute mark jeremy do you know who created the snake venom that is covid do you know do you know who created it oh no what if I told you it was the biblical devil that actually did all this? <laughs> that's, that's what he does. You know, he works with um, snake venom. You know? <laughs> it's the devil also, from the also, Bible who's done all of this to the world, Jeremy. Also, he can make um, snakes fly through the air when, when um, in like a snake, uh, straight, straight arrow. Like in uh, in Conan. So. That is true. That is true. So I had a fun discussion with mom. I was like, um, hey, mom, before you start telling everybody this, I'd like you. I know where you got this from. I want you. I was like, I found this video of this very nice doctor who like like doesn't make you feel like an idiot for believing it. He was just like, well, let's just examine a couple of things. He's like, let's be open minded about it. maybe it is snake venom, you know, and he. <laughs> He takes it through how fucking retarded it is to think that. And I sent that to mom. I was like, so watch maybe the second video and just let hey. me know what you think. And she goes, hey, I'm watching now. So I haven't heard back from her yet. So next time, next time when you talk to mom, can you ask her to, uh, to start every conversation with Claudia told me this? Oh, yeah. That was another thing. I was just like, did you hear this from Aunt Claudia? And like there was this <laughs> awkward pause and she was just like... Yeah, I was like, Mom, what did we say about listening <laughs> oh to Aunt Claudia? Did oh, did, did we do we have to talk about how Hillary Clinton isn't actually a lifelike animatronic since '98? Is that what we have to do? We have to rehash this out again. Um, uh, we we do know that she has she has been a robot and she has been AI, just like that creepy fucking robot. So well, know. I'm just glad Boy. that the Clintons are robots because it was gross when they were molesting kids as humans. Ugh. <laughs> anyway, wait, Ashley, wait, wait till your mom finds out where babies come from, like bananas. <laughs> oh no, I, I, I feel bad making fun of her, right? Because like she's your mom, right, boys? Yeah, like yeah. I'm sure she's amazing. I'm sure she's lovely. She somehow kept you four alive somehow. That is an amazing feat. I preference everything people I say to every now to everybody. I just say, Alex Jones told me this. <laughs> there you go. AJ told me this, so it has to be. Also, true. I'm shirtless. So. These, these damn, the damn globalists. I like that. Um, that that Alex Jones has slowly over the last like five or six years become like the Burt Kreischer of fucking. Um, of conspiracy theories. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of awesome. He's like, I bleed blood. <sighs> yeah, I'm sober. <laughs> Are you? Are you sure you're sober right now? Because it I seems think, like you're on a lot of drugs. I, I think from now on, um, not only am I going to be shirtless, but I'm going to have giant, giant um, moles on my face and smoke all the time, like the old uh, Martin Downey from the old days. Fuck so. yeah. Yeah, I, we need more Morton Downies in this world. Um, so, Ashley, I, I know you've had an illustrious week and uh, done some shows, and I think you made it out to the Church of Satire, yes? N nope, I did not uh, it. perform at Church of Satire, but that's okay. We've missed you a lot. I also was sick before you, 
Uh, could it have been COVID? Could it not have been COVID? There was a situation, if you listen to last week's episode, Ashley was a bit under the weather. And I don't like to, but, she, but you know, you tested yourself before and after I told you I had it. Um, so, you know, I could have picked it up anywhere. It could have been any no, numerous number of things. But, um, you know, such is life. I missed only the polar bear plunge, um, which, you know what? It doesn't sound like I missed too much. You know, the boys and the ladies handled it quite well i'm sure so i just i just feel really bad that you couldn't be amongst your own kind yes i luckily i'm still benefiting from the money raised <laughs> no we we really did miss you i missed you a lot this week i miss both of you um you know i did have some shows uh friday night um I've, I was like, I don't know, I was rolling my feels because I knew Eric was supposed to have a show that night. He couldn't be there at his own show. And I was like, I have to be as ungovernable as possible in the spirit of Eric. Uh, so you just decided to be an agent of chaos. <laughs> Incredibly so. Okay. So I got real ripped off my ass, which I try not to do at shows, but it was a huge crowd drinks were free so i was like let's just let's just get fucked up let's see where my night goes had a great set um noticed that my new favorite thing was on every table which are fake candles mm, you love yeah. a fake candle you like you like to walk around and just put them up what do you do with these fake candles um you know i just add them to my shrine with my pictures of you and jerry <laughs> The, the quality time altar the quality time shrine um <laughs> i am a shriner now um so <laughs> i rob shrine i want no jeremy i told you because you were already up at this hour and i didn't want to like keep bugging eric because he was sick so jeremy if you know and remember the number of candles i stole don't ruin it for eric okay but if you don't remember i want you both to guess how many candles do you think I made off with Friday night? Okay. So um, what is the capacity of this venue? Four, oh, we'll say 40 tables. There's 40 tables. You have 20 candles. I wish. <laughs> Jeremy, you remember? Do you want to guess, Jeremy? Do you already I remember? I already know. Oh, you do know. Okay. So um, I made off with seven candles. Okay, <laughs> nice. You almost have a full Hanukkah there um you know what they do look pretty great eric i just have them all set up across in front of my television um the best part is when i was truly at my drunkest i'd swiped a bunch of them off of tables there were two things going on one every time i would go to thank a table for coming to the show i would be like thank you so much for coming and swipe across and steal the mm -hmm. candle and put it in my wallet and people would just watch me in sheer excitement um and then, and then they, they were like hey that's really weird i'm like hey don't judge me and then you pull a, a half-eaten piece of pizza out of your pocket and go <laughs> and place it back in your parka eric if i would have had food that would have happened so, <laughs> so then at the very end of the night as i'm also like saying goodbye to more people i'm so drunk at this point that i start opening up my wallet and going hey you want to see something and then i just open my wallet and just show this entire collection of candles and like oh are those yours and i go they are now <laughs> and i don't know what to do with you and then i got stuck at one point because i tried to put my leg behind my head 
to harass one of the men at my venue. I was like, I know you want this. And he's like, no, I'm good. I was like, you too. So I put my leg behind my head and then I got stuck and somebody had to come <laughs> move me around. <laughs> I imagine that if you got lost in like a, like a Hansel and Gretel style fairy tale, we could follow the path of uh, electronic candles that you've dropped behind you. <laughs> From they're like, I knew, I knew they've been waiting for this moment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. We're, we're waiting for that uh, Ali Sheedy moment from uh, the Breakfast Club as, as she's just have, having a purse full of candles. So, oh, there's that too. But I thought you were just going to be like, oh, yeah, we'll know where Ashley is based on the dandruff she shakes out. Oh, well, dandruff's disgusting. <laughs> If only I had hair. So, <laughs> so Jeremy, how, how's your week been going, buddy? Um, well, after one day, my my mom finally got back to actually talk to me. So it only takes like a day uh, lapse, and um, the, t- the t- <laughs> best part of my week is talking to my mom about how uh, I got a special Christmas gift to get for my um my crazy uncle jeff and uh apparently my 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 uh uncle had one gift he wanted from uh my mom for christmas and apparently hold on don't say it don't say it don't say it ashley based on our quality time history okay of what what you know about uncle jeff and the things that he likes and the things that he does what do you think is one hey lynn uh, you know, it'd be really great if you could get me this for Christmas. We want to try to want to try to guess. So, um, I may not be able to guess the item, but does it have anything to do with Jackson Brown? It has hundred percent has to do with Jackson um, Brown. No, no, it has not. Nothing have having to doubt has doesn't have to do with a Jackson Brown. It has to do with four Jackson Brown <laughs> albums. So. Four. Wow. Needs all the Jackson Brown. Hey, Lynn, I noticed that I only have them on at least four on eight track. I was wondering if you could get them <laughs> on cassette tape for me because I don't CDs. You know, they're real complex. I can't handle a CD. I had I had two questions for my mom. Um, did he ask for vinyl or CD? And what was mom's response? Uh, he he obviously doesn't have a record player. And it, he could probably uh, manage uh, CDs. Okay, so Jackson Brown CDs. So, quality time listeners, send your Jackson Brown into us, and we will make sure that it gets to our schizophrenic uncle Jeffrey. Um, who, true story. Let me just la- let me just uh, slather this one on you. He's so schizophrenic that one time, Ashley, he would not eat at a McDonald's because quote they'll know that our great-great-grandfather was part of the KKK. Um, <laughs> what did was that? That's what Jeffrey said in one of his schizophrenic things. What? Yeah, he wouldn't eat there because he was just like, no, the, the blacks in there are going to know we were in the KKK. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a true, true Jeffrey story. True Jeffrey we story. Can, we can call your first or your next album eric uh mcfuhrer 
<laughs> oh god it's a it's a good time hey i do this is i know i know we're jumping around a bit and we want to get into tonight's tale of uh because it's a it's one that's kind of near and not so dear to my heart so i am excited to go over this but um uh ashley i don't think i told you about this the the fucking extravaganza i went through with jeremy to try to get him uh on my hbo max account okay so i have not heard this is a good you're you're gonna like this so jeremy (laughs) calls me up mid i want to say like the end of last week maybe the beginning of this week he goes uh hey uh, can you first of all the request this is the request i got he's like hey can you dvr something off of 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 this of of uh hbo max our friend and uh uh former guest on the show edward x is in a documentary uh he which jeremy says for 20 minutes on hbo max so he wants me to dvr it which i can't do and then he wants me to rip it to a cd and then hand him the cd so that he can watch it okay so this is the request that i get via text and i go jeremy i will give you my hbo max login but it's not easy because it's kind of it's kind of weird but you we'll log you in so i get jeremy on the phone and it's important to mention that his wife is in the background and i can hear it now we listeners you know that jeremy has had a stroke and his and direction taking is not his strong suit currently so i'm giving him what i feel like for the stroke is no excuse (laughs) i hear i hear i saw jeremy i was like hey he was like what's your login i was like you need i was like the first thing you need to do is go to login with a subscriber because i get it through my uh through my telephone service through at&t it's one of the perks of it so that's another way to sign in Jeremy's not getting that. He was like, well, what's your email? I can't get there until that part. I was like, J- click the thing that this. I was like, okay, well, here's my email, but this isn't going to work. And then he's going through it. And he was just like, and I sent him, to be fair, I sent him the wrong password via text. And I was like, stop, stop typing in that password. It's the wrong password. I looked up a different password. At this point, his wife finally, I hear him. She's like, Jeremy, you're not listening to directions. <laughs> so, <laughs> so now both me and his wife are screaming at him in his ear. So what? <laughs> This is her going, Jeremy, he said don't click there. (laughs) As as I know I'm giving directions, I'm hearing in real time Michelle telling me that he's fucking me and not listening while it's happening. And so it's just, it was, honest to God, it was 15 very painful minutes of getting Jeremy logged in. Uh, but we got there. And I'm very happy that we, we we got there at one point. But then I did this, I did this thing. I was just like, he was like, which profile should I use? I was like, well, you can set up your own profile. He's like, well, do I hit this? I was like, just stop, stop, stop pressing buttons. Stop it. Stop it. Stop pressing buttons. Stop pressing buttons. I hear Jeremy stop pressing buttons, Jeremy. He told you to stop like that. And then he and I go and I log in and just add a profile for Jeremy called Jazzy. <laughs> and then he was, I was like, reload it. It should be in there now for you. And, but the best, I really did enjoy Michelle walking you through the process and getting to hear her screaming my frustrations <laughs> at you <laughs> as it was all happening. But I can, uh, I can only think of uh, Gramps having less aggravation with Joe Robinson. Yes. With an 80 year old oh, yeah. man for as, as a 50 year old, 51 year old man. So, 
yeah for years jeremy growing up could could program an amiga uh computer system but something happened in like 2012 or 13 where he's just like man fuck computers like you went full <laughs> from like understanding all of technology to just whatever if it came out after 2012 i i don't even understand it it's a fucking different world Oh, I'm, I'm working with Windows 95. Yeah. This is working. <laughs> yes. If, if if it's a computer that didn't write Nine Inch Nails' first album, he can't use it. <laughs> By the way, before we talk about this movie, wasn't this movie also supposed to be on, on screen Windows 95? So. Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> right? Yeah, this. Oh, oh sorry, sorry, sorry. I know we got to get started. This is also random sort of hopping around, but I just, I miss you guys. I just want to talk for a second. So, Jeremy, you obviously know that Eric came to my, like, female wrestling comedy show last weekend. Ooh, female so, Well, yeah, you know how that went down. So, Eric would know sort of what I'm talking about. There was a man, a very nice guy, who was the booker for that event. He decided yesterday at about midnight to text me out of the blue and i'm going to read you guys the message real quick All right, that a, he sent me. a text Are from a booker at midnight yesterday here we go eric did you meet him at the show i did we briefly spoke i just made eyes I was like hey nice show and he was like cool and we that yep. was about it okay so so this is what i received yesterday at midnight fyi back in the day Girls used to call me cupcake. If you put me in your mouth, I go straight to your ass. <laughs> that's that's what I I got yesterday, a week after my show. That's a sec like, very good you know, I don't know, is it is now do you think this is is he flirting or is this his attempt at a bit? Or maybe it's both. It could be both, but I think it's an attempt at a bit because I think there's something in some men that go, if a woman can do comedy, I can do comedy. <laughs> I felt the same way when I saw Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, so the... <laughs> <laughs> no, I can attest though that the guy who booked that show was indeed very unfunny and should never try comedy. Um, I saw him open up the show and I was like, "This he could not have prepared you a worse room for uh, Bunny Themelis who had to host and then just came up to the coldest crowd in the whole fucking. It was it was a yeah. fucking nightmare watching him stumble over words. I was like, "You should pay people to talk for you because you're bad at it." Uh, yeah, like. I, I'm, and I know that's so random to bring up, but I just, I need people to understand that like we as women in comedy can't make this up, that it's been a week since I've talked to this person about the show and I got that at, at random. I know we're running a little bit behind time, but uh, Ashley, remind me to tell you about uh, an, an Instagram follower of mine who messaged me um, with the phrase, hey, could you get Justin Schlegel to unblock me? And I will tell you the rest of that story at another time. Okay. <laughs> it's a, okay. but it's a good, it's a good one for the, uh, okay. for the pod. So anyway, okay. Ashley, this was I your week. Unblocked, Jer Jer Jeremy. Relax. It's not all about you. Uh, all right. This, this week is Ashley's pick, and it's the 1997. I'll say classic Spawn. <laughs> uh, 
It's a uh, god. First of all, I will be fully transparent here. I in the '90s, growing up, I had tons of Spawn toys. I had a lot of the first run issues of Spawn before my house was burned to the ground. I'd like to say I was at the forefront of Spawn fandom, and when I heard this movie was dropping fucking turgid i was fucking pumped i not only saw it opening weekend i saw the pre-screening thursday night at uh lowe's cinemas in uh wow near howard high school uh years and years ago with my friend sean laskowitz and i remember walking out of that movie going yeah i guess that was good um (laughs) (laughs) i remember that was afraid of us trying to like yeah that was I, I think it was good. It was good. Um, but, Ashley, why did you pick Spawn for us this week? So, I picked Spawn because I kind of couldn't believe we had never done it before, to be honest. Um, so, there, there's, like, that aspect of it. You know, Spawn is considered, and you guys, maybe Eric more than either of us, Jeremy, but I would say Spawn is sort of considered, what, like an anti-hero of sorts? Or he's, like, not a traditional yeah superhero and the late 90s was ripe with anti-heroes i mean i think the original anti-hero you could probably go back to being the punisher he's probably the original Mm -hmm. anti-hero but anti-heroes generally show up in times of like you know in good times because when things are too good it's good to have an anti-hero to say hey man this shit's kind of fucked up but uh i go punisher the original one because he was the first guy that would just kill people but this is really an embodiment of the 90s and the wrestling attitude era where the Stone Cold Steve Austins and the yes. Rocks became very, very popular. Shows like The Shield emerged in the late 90s and early 2000s. Yeah. The anti-hero, this is near the cusp of its well, uh, 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 height of fame. Well, the other thing I would say, too, is this is also probably around the times we're getting like Marilyn Manson and stuff, too, right? In the sense of like satanism is making like a weird cool like strange comeback of sorts you got like hot topic when it was legitimately selling like the living dead dolls and all these darker banties oh yeah i mean speaking i'm glad you mentioned marilyn manson he's actually featured on uh the album the soundtrack um long road out of hell but also i I like it because this is still the late 90s and 90s they still cared about having cool albums to sell with the movie it was a big deal to always sell like a, a a hot uh, selling artists with it because this album the spawn album legit is better than the fucking movie it has banger yeah. songs left and right torn apart yeah. by stabbing westward westward it has incubus uh a crystal method corn prodigy uh dj spooky silver chair uh with the title track spawn as well as uh the sneaker pimps and marilyn manson with the long road out of hell so uh it's just a who's who of uh late 90s bands here and electronic funk Can I well, talk so- about my favorite band uh hank incumus yes please (laughs) tell us more about incubus well so so truly just so i can like move us along the the reason i picked this movie is i know this movie sucks ass but i so badly wanted it not to when i was younger like i was dying for this to be a good fucking metal almost you know like almost horror movie and it is terrible it feels like uh uncut pieces of bible man 
<laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's not a great one. Now I will say, converse uh, uh, to give a juxtaposition. If you want a great telling of the Spawn story, there is an HBO animated series voiced by oh, Keith yeah. David that is a fucking ten out of ten. It's so good. I watch it um, almost every year. I'll usually throw it on. I have it on VHS, oddly enough, um, and it is just uh, one of my. It's the best telling of Spawn media i've ever seen although todd mcfarlane keeps claiming that there will be a new spawn movie that is greenlit currently um i don't know it how good it's going to be but if todd as long as todd mcfarlane it lets somebody else good do it it should be fine <laughs> well i don't know if you boys like made your like your own assumptions or ideas i did say to myself I almost feel because now we had Wesley Snipes' Blade, which for for me is like ten mm -hmm. out of ten. But I do feel like Wesley could have been a great spawn. And my other thought is if we did spawn today, mm -hmm. I think I would want Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, I would I'd like a Michael B. Jordan spawn. He would he'd pull that off really well. Um yeah. it's interesting that you mention um the I mean, not that it was very groundbreaking, because I love that this movie like one of the big selling points for the comic was Todd McFarlane. He was just like, Spawn, you know, he's a, he's a really powerful superhero that does this. And, and Todd McFarlane's story is originally he was an animator for uh, or a uh, illustrator for Marvel Comics. He actually did a good run of Spider-Man um, before he broke off and started Image Comics, which was uh, their flagship was um, Spawn as well as Witchblade and some other things. But Image has gone on to produce fucking great comic series like The Walking Dead and stuff like that since then so has become you know a really good rival you know you still have your marvel and your dc those are your two titans but image is a great fucking um independent comic that really uh shook the industry up especially in the late 90s by doing some darker content and then change uh, actually changed how comics were told you know dc would then go and uh they had their own uh offshoot brand which was uh vertigo which would tell stories like the watchman and things like that and oh, okay. they dc went harder that way and marvel went more the other way while they would tell the dark stories uh it it ushered in a new era of storytelling in my opinion uh with the, this the first um uh important that they're uh, making a movie of um the last dragon the green, green dragon comic Whatever that crap was. Oh, Green Dragon. Yeah, I, I haven't seen Green Dragon uh, ever show up, and I don't think he should. So um, this is also the feature film. Th this is a, a fact that I found that was actually not correct. They said this is the second time a feature film had a black American as a lead comic book superhero. The first being, Jeremy, would you like to guess? Is it Black Panther? No, no. The first would be a movie from 1993. The first black superhero movie. Black superhero. Oh, um, uh, no. Can, yeah, go ahead, Ashley. I, okay, I'm going to be really embarrassed because I'm not sure. But it's not um, Unbreakable, is it? No, not Unbreakable. Uh, the first one in 1993, um, Meteor Man. Uh, which Jeremy should now probably remember and will laugh hysterically. Robert, Robert Townsend, yes. Yeah. And then, but but honestly, they said this was the second. I dare say it's the third because are we just going to fucking forget about Blank Man? Okay. Um, so 
By the way, the 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 uh, living color tried to make more more of pretty much he's handyman because he's actually hand a uh, retarded. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you try to fight, but you have you ever <laughs> the most offensive TV? Yeah. That you've heard in like thirty years. Have so. you? Are you familiar with Blank Man at all, uh, Ashley? No, I just the minute you were like blank man, I was like, no one on this podcast is shooting blanks. I don't know what you're oh. talking about. And that that was a a comedy superhero movie starring the great Damon Wayans, where he played a character who was a super uh blurred that invented a um <laughs> who invented a spray that could deflect bullets. And so he dressed up like this really shitty superhero and goes, I'm a crime fighter. And he talked literally like that through the movie. It's a real gem. Uh, I don't man. understand why we're talking about what you saw at MAGFest. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was, he was a handyman on living color, but they made, but it was his first uh, stand up as, as handyman. Like, I don't want to fight you. <laughs> But, unbelievably offensive for the yeah. 80s. I love it. Oh now, now, it is also worth noting that while this might be the second or third black superhero movie that we've had in history, uh, the fourth one would come later this same year, um, and it would star a very, very popular sports athlete. Jeremy, would you like to guess the fourth or third debatable uh, superhero movie starring oh, a black person? Who, who, who was uh, Shaq? What yes, you he? got it. It's Shaq in the movie Steel, uh, which is, of course, the... Um, Steel, Ashley, is a DC property who is basically <laughs> like uh, a metal suit version. This guy who builds a Superman suit who looks like Superman, um, except not in the movie. It's just Shaq in an Iron Ooh. Man suit. And the only difference is he has a sledgehammer. Um, but wait, wait, wait. Would would he still be a uh, uh, a superhero as Sinbad? Oh. Even though he's pretty much like, like a genie, not like a really... <laughs> That is that is true. So um, now this movie was supposed to originally. Now the comic book uh, source material is very dark. There are child molesting fucking uh, serial killers in the comic book. There are um, uh, uh, fucking demons that will come and rape you to death in it, literally, not figuratively, and kill you if you're Genghis Khan. But in this movie, they were like, you know what? we are not going to make a rated R one. We're going to make this PG 13. So a lot of this movie is not only edited, it's edited in a ridiculous way because there's so many lines that get cut and we'll talk about them through this, but it was a forced PG 13, uh, rating for this, um, and directed by the guy who did the special effects. Uh, his name is Mark a A Z Dippy, who, uh, would be the special effects um, supervisor for movies like The Abyss and Jurassic Park. And you will see maybe the worst CGI you've ever seen in a film in this movie and throughout the movie. That is literally what I have written down as my first note of the movie. Spawn is the worst CGI I have ever seen. And then back to what Jeremy said, my second note says, I love that they used Windows 95 clip art to make the title card. Yes, yes. I, I also I also want to uh, give a lot of props to uh, Wesley Snipes as Blade as my favorite black uh, Marvel hero. And also that 
as a as a character that uh, Leslie Snipe went completely insane wearing Blade as a cosplay all the time on on late night TV. Yes. Now, um, this does have a bit of a star-studded cast. Of course, it's anchored by Michael Jai White, who I will say is I would put him against any of the the hollywood martial artists i think michael jai white could beat up any hollywood on-screen person in a real fight um i mean i could kind of see that are we saying he could obviously take on steven seagal he could beat he would fucking whoop steven seagal's ass although it is really funny there is a clip of steven seagal saying what do you think of michael J. white do you think he could fight you and he goes come on <laughs> he like laughs and honestly if you ever watch michael jai white he's a legit fucking uh martial artist um he's you can watch like demonstrations where he's showing kimbo slice he was like here let me show you how to punch and he was like try to hit my hand he's like okay now don't let me hit your hand hold your hand out but don't let me hit it and like he's like you're ready now right you ready and just fucking wax his hand hard as shit. He was and Kimbo Slice, a former UFC competitor and street fighting guru, goes, "Man, fuck that! I don't want any piece of this." <laughs> <laughs> he literally well, like scares Kimbo Slice. Well, Eric is Eric is right though. I mean, it's an incredible lineup. We have him playing, you know, the lead, and then we have Seal in this movie, which is amazing. Who Seal? Who do you have who are you saying is Seal? Oh, the him Spawn, Spawn is also oh okay, right? <laughs> he, he does he does look like he's kissed by a roast. Yes. Um you have the great John Leguizamo, and dare I say, his greatest role he's ever played. Um, it's so fucking strong in this movie. He might he steals every scene he's in. Um, you also have uh, Jeremy's favorite one. I'll get him out of the way. Nicole Williamson, who, of course, is from the movie Excalibur, which, Jeremy, I did look for old Excalibur clips, but I have moved them to an external hard drive. But, you know. Some believe that he is one of the greatest <laughs> actors that has ever lived. So um, he's in this movie. He plays uh, Coliestro, basically the good angel on Spawn's shoulder, trying to former per Spawn himself, who's trying to lead him down the path of good. Uh, we also have the great Martin Sheen, who's playing the, one of the big bads in this movie, Jason Wynn, uh, who is uh, just hell-bent on destroying uh, the Earth and becoming its leader. I, can I make? Are you are you are about you're about to make a clip? No, no, no. Um, if I had any um casting uh, preference, I really would have liked to have seen um Joe Estevez instead of Martin um uh, Sheen. In okay. The, in the oh, I can kind of see that. Well, I mean, when I see when I see Martin Sheen in this movie. I immediately am like, oh, is he an uglier Baldwin brother? Like, what's going on? <laughs> by the way, by the way, uh, instead of Martin Sheen, you get the Wish version of uh, Joe Estevez. So that's <laughs> that's what I'm talking about, Emilio. Um, so uh, we also have have uh, DB Sweeney, who's in this movie, um, who uh, we featured on past quality time episodes like Fire uh, in the Sky and things of that nature. Real handsome fella back in the 90s. I feel like he should have been in more things, but he's otherwise, in this movie. Otherwise known as Dead Meat from uh, from uh, Top Gun. So. Yes. And uh, 
There's uh, also uh, this is just a small bit part, but I don't I I, I probably not, I don't want to skip over it because I'm looking at his name right now. Uh, Michael Papa John is in this movie, and he plays um, Glenn, uh, Zach's dad, and uh, Zach, of course, is uh, a, a child that befriends Spawn in the alleyways, who's actually the kid from Kindergarten Cop who says boys have a penis, girls have a vagina. Um, he's that kid uh, in this, but Michael Papa John uh, plays a bum here that. Spawn almost kills, but stops because it's Zach's dad, and uh, it's he should have killed him because he's the same man that kills Uncle Ben in the original Spider-Man movie uh, in uh, the Tobey Maguire series. So there you go. Um, oh, I thought you were playing a clip. No, that's why I, no, I was like I, silent. I, no I was like, oh, what's about to happen? But I do you have a clip on. that can start off this movie here. Um, oh, 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 I'm so sorry, Eric. Can I mention someone we haven't mentioned? I don't think. Yeah, go for it. John Leguizamo. I said John Leguizamo steals almost every scene in this movie as the clown. Oh, I didn't hear you. Um, I'm sorry. But yes, he is. He was the first one that I mentioned outside of Michael Jai White. I'm sorry. Um, and he's, also, I'm pretty sure uh, he tries to kill uh, uh, Pacino in this movie. Yes, yes. So uh, it does start out with uh, with uh, Nicole Williamson playing Coliostro, telling us the fun things about the Spawn world. The battle between the darkness and the light has waged eternal. Their armies fueled by souls harvested on Earth. The Lord of Darkness, Mal Bolger, has sent a lieutenant to recruit men who will help destroy the world in exchange for wealth and power and provide enough souls to complete his army and allow Armageddon to begin. All Mal Bolger needs now is a great soldier. Someone to lead his hordes to the gates of heaven and burn them down. For me, also the uh, the plot of um, um, of uh, Kevin Smith's um, Dogma. Yes, so. this is actually. I'm sorry, that was a clip from Clerks Three. I apologize. Um, <laughs> that's here's a little bit more from uh, from uh, Nicole Williamson. Like him, I killed in the name of good, but the violence of my life pulled my soul towards the darkness. But I fought and freed my soul. Now I watch for others like me. Men are the ones who create evil on Earth. It is the choices they make that enslave their souls. This is the test. Whoa! Oh! <laughs> also, also, when you when you have the powers of Merlin, um, you can you can uh, ride a horse on uh, fog for like adultery that is true i mean i'm just riding a horse to go fuck your wife right now (laughs) my name is cucklin (laughs) (laughs) the power of cucking can can i point out this just occurred to me while eric was playing this clip (sighs) can i point out that he talks about those that are drawn to the darkness and I'm like, why did we cast a black man as the bad guy? In in case you know, black people are dark. <laughs> Darkness is spreading. 
Rick James, bitch. Well, I think that's the fun part about Spawn is because this is like the 90s and there weren't a lot of black superheroes. Of course, Blade still existed, Black Panther. But this is one of right. the first major motion pictures of like a comic property that was rather popular. But Todd McFarlane, when you always you hear him like talking about it, he was just like, yeah, he's a trained killer, blah, blah, blah. And he does all this. Also, hey, did I tell you he's black? Did I tell you that he's black guy? <laughs> Did I tell you? He couldn't stop, like, every interview you see with Todd McFarlane in the 90s. He was like, did I mention I'm really, I, I made him black because there's not enough black superheroes. Like, he was always a selling point. You know, you know that at one point during a meeting, the pitch was, he's called the darkness. And someone goes, <laughs> no, we got to change the name. No. It's got to be something different. Yeah. No, it, used to, it used to be lightning bolt. Now it's black lightning. <laughs> <laughs> and also, and also, one of the, the, the one of the superheroes is Jesse Jackson. <laughs> oh, the Reverend Jackson. Um, so they hit the. Uh, you get to see the start and see Michael Jai White's character Al Simmons in action as he's fucking jump kicking and using smart missiles to blow up a goddamn uh, plane to prevent 9/11. It's a really great little scene right there. This was years before the Twin Towers would succeed in falling, uh, but he did prevent one 9-11 as the first act of kindness uh, on behalf of America as an assassin. So it was really good. Um, but shortly after that, we get to see that uh, Wynn, who is uh, Al Simmons' boss, played by Martin Sheen, is already talking to the clown, played by John Leguizamo. And we haven't talked much about how John Leguizamo looks in this, but he is in a, a 400-pound clown suit where he's forced to squat down all day, uh, so much so that when he had to pee one day, because it took like an hour to get in and out of this suit, that he uh, accidentally did piss inside of the suit one shoot um and just Al simmons deaf comedy jam yes yes <laughs> but here's a little bit of uh the clown meeting win uh early in the movie here simmons is the best simmons is not the problem he's overseas killing the bad guys like the hero that he thinks he is we made a deal when where the hell is the ultimate weapon you promised us this isn't the game we're playing Engineering a biological weapon is an exact science. You want it done right, you do it my way. I need snakes so I can make the perfect super virus. You know that. I can't do it. You know, I need your help to get me King Cobra Venom to make uh, my new super virus that'll spook the world and make the Woodworth mother believe that it's the devil. <laughs> By the way, people don't know that this is an actual sequel to Apocalypse Now because... He has killed Kurtz, and he r rules the meal of military as uh, as about. Uh, oh, thank That's you. That's kind of a fun theory. Thank you, Jeremy. Um, so we see <laughs> um, Colonel Kurtz. Oh. Uh, he's back. So I just wanted to tell you, Jeremy, Eric, and I are just so proud of you that you lost all that weight since this film. <laughs> So, so uh, shortly after that, he also mentions the clown says, I also need Al Simmons dead because I need a soldier. You always ask the questions. I just need him dead. Blah, blah, blah. So uh, at what point of this movie did any people knew that it was actually uh, Danny DeVito? And yeah, yes, yes. No, actually, strangely enough, Rhea Perlman actually played the part of the clown. Uh, it's a really 
It's a little known fact. So <laughs> we then get to meet uh, Wanda, his wife, played by uh, uh, Teresa Randall, and uh, Terry, his best friend, uh, played by D.B. Sweeney, who also works for the same company that uh, Al works for, but he's more of a administrative side. He's not He's not an assassin. He's a numbers, nuts, and bolts fella. Uh, we also just see Caliestro magically appear because he has leprechaun powers, and he just kind of comes in like a green fog, like, I'm here on Earth again. Um, he uh, Al gets sent on a new mes- mission, which is going to be his death sentence, but he doesn't know it. He also mentions that he wants to be out, but he says, there's no getting out, Al Simmons. You know you're going to work for me for life. Otherwise, I'm going to send this hot piece of ass Jessica, who's also an assassin, to kill you, if not. Um, so uh, he, he does indeed die on this mission where they just literally easily throw him on the ground and then spray him with lighter fluid and then light him on fire oh well i made a note that said oh no he got sprayed with piss and cum <laughs> yes oh no, you got slimed on everything but but tell goes goes on television yeah. yes yes <laughs> i also made a note that if we do ever get to see a sequel to spawn it's gonna be wanda forever oh so uh the uh he set being slimed and before and set on fire he gets burned to death and transported to rats alley uh five years into the future where he meets the kid from kindergarten cop who's eating uh donuts out of the trash and uh uh Caliestro says don't worry this is a holy place it's a holy alley where you can eat off of here and i couldn't think of a better place with, where um a woodworth would consider it the holy land than rats alley and um this is <laughs> this is where spawn's home is the gutter with the rest of the trash um he also gets to meet the clown firsthand we're listening to overkill yes (laughs) (laughs) um but eventually um he uh the clown kind of pins him down and uh and uh uh, well, he he then goes tries to see his family and sees that Terry has married Wanda and they have a kid together named Cyan and Cyan is the only one that's not freaked out by this Freddy Krueger looking motherfucker at her birthday party, which is being uh, clown hosted by the clown himself, dressed as a slightly different clown as a disguise. So, um, <laughs> Ashley, um, yes, I, yeah, Eric. Sorry, I wanted to know though, is that actually their new child? Or was that his child being raised? Well, right? that's always something in the comics that is a, a, a debatable thing. Is it Terry's kid or is it actually Al's kid? We're not really sure. It's always left in the gray. Uh, I believe in the comic books, though, you eventually do learn that it is indeed Al Simmons's kid. Okay. Because I also made a note that I was like, ultimate betrayal. She moved on with a white guy. <laughs> So uh, he he then goes on. Now it is it is worth noting in the comic book it's 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 more of a mystery because Terry is black in the comic books as well. So it wow. makes it like oh he could you know he could have had a black kid with another black guy. I believe that. Um, She's got it safe. Yeah, yeah. So she. Uh, uh, the clown does uh, uh, gets him out of the birthday party here by saying, oh, I'll get him out of here. Don't worry. He's a real crispy critter. <laughs> and takes him back to the alleys where he gives him a rundown of what's happened in the last five years in this audio clip here. Are you? <laughs> but allow me to kickstart your memory. Hang on. These flashbacks can be killers. You are the dead man. 
is the bargain. If you lead my army, you can see Wanda again. And you also have to kill that damn Inspector Gadget. <laughs> what is your answer? Yes! Yes, I will! <laughs> I'll get you next time, Spawn. <laughs> Great! <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Spawn makes the deal with Malbolgia, who, if, if I can say this right now, the only shittier computer graphics for Malbolgia is that of American Werewolf in Paris is the only thing that looks shittier than Malbolgia in this. Like, it looks it looks bad, not for 1990s, it looks bad for 1980s computer graphics. Yes. It's fucking garbage. Absolutely the terrible. About, the best thing about uh, the technology of the 90s, like, really cool little tiny CDs on your table. Yeah. That is true. So uh, he he gives him the whole rundown and that he has a uh, he has to lead the you know the forces of hell to go take down that and to kill Jason Wynn. <laughs> oh, I'd like to think during the nineties the super high tech uh, um, uh, government agency had had either a zip drive or a jazz drive. Ooh, a jazz drive. <laughs> um, I just wanted to say, sorry, really quick. Um, I just wanted to say, I do think it's kind of interesting that Spawn as a character or like his abilities are very, um, Eric, what am I thinking of from, from Spider-Man? Um, very carnage, very yeah, a symbiote, um, if you will. Yes. The suit yeah. can, the Venom. suit can make, uh, yeah, the symbiote is Venom and carnage and, uh, yeah. a, a various Venom, Venom was the first, uh, McFarlane. Um. Yeah, Venom. He did actually pen a lot of the Venom series. Um. Okay. For uh them, but I don't think he created Venom. Ven Venom got created shortly after the Secret Wars, where Spider-Man gets the black suit, which turns him evil. It's a whole to do. Anyway, um, the we then get to see him uh, back in the alleyway after this fun flashback. Um, he then takes him to his own grave, lets him dig it up. More shitty CGI comes out and grabs him. And there's also these Satan they're like we want to get satan here and these weird metal goth kids are like hey are you from the devil and he goes god why do we always get the retarded followers <laughs> it's just, just a fucking it's like a little nicky for black people <laughs> yes um so spawn's suit then forms out of uh out of protection for himself he learns he can make spikes really quick and uh uh he leaves him the clown leaves him alone he's like i'm gonna let your armor harden up don't pick at it otherwise you go blind <laughs> and uh he actually picks up a piece of maggot infested pizza off of the ground and then eats it which john Leguizamo did indeed actually eat maggots on a pizza uh these were little mealworms that they put on there and he did take a bite out of them and eat them so shout outs to the method acting of one john Leguizamo, the best as, um, as an actor uh if you did this as an actor and as a director this would cost hundreds of dollars to do this live. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and then if you'll notice, animals were harmed in the making of this just for that. So um, very exciting. Um, <laughs> but that raises questions. Like if I swallow, am I considered a method actor? <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> so, a lot of things, really worse things to do uh, with cameras rolling. So 
So we, uh, Cleistro says, hey, he's like, hey, you know, you don't have to do the devil's bidding. You could like not do that if you wanted to. And he goes, shut up, faggot. And then just decides to keep doing his own thing. Um, Wynn is then going to, uh, you find out Wynn's going to release a super virus um, that only they have the vaccine for. What does this sound like, 2020? <laughs> and he's going to take over the world. Uh, Terry wants out because he's kind of learned of it. Uh, and Spawn goes to steal a bunch of guns because he doesn't know how to use his powers yet, but he do know how to be shooting. So he, it's time for some action. He goes to confront Wynn at his, because Wynn has this thing. It's like a fun arms dealing party. It looks like an Epstein Island kind of situation. There's czars and, uh, and sultans there. And he's just like, Ooh, this is very good. Uh, charcuterie. Hey, could you sell us some bio weapons? But, uh, <laughs> the out of nowhere, spawn comes down with his ridiculous CGI cape and, uh, starts ruining the party for Wynn uh, in the middle here. <laughs> Jason, you don't recognize your own handiwork. You left me to die in that biochem plant. Remember? Simmons! You sent me to hell, Jason! I'm here to return the favor! But before he could do that, he has to confront Terry. I trusted you. Jesus. How could you marry Wanda? How could you? When Al, when you died, Wanda was devastated. Do you know about Cyan? I don't know if she's mine or yours, but I swear my penis has never touched even the outside of her vagina from the fucking gaping hole you left in her. Um, <laughs> because once you go white, you'll still be tight. Ah! And he throws him across no. the fucking room. Uh, uh, Jessica then comes in and starts shooting Spawn up, and he's given little cool green fluorescent lights that shoot out of him uh, because that's the necroplasm that's uh, helping him uh, survive constantly. Um, very fun little opening scene here where we get to see Spawn in action, uh, who then goes to fucking kill the hell out of Jessica by shooting her in the head and throwing her off a balcony, but then has to escape out of a window because there's 50 guards that also has guns, and he's kind of bulletproof but not super bulletproof um and then he has to learn how to use his powers outside the building like the chains and the cape and he can turn invisible you get to learn all of the little spawn powers outside there does he get his his gape his gape his gape that's actually what happened to wanda let's try this english again (laughs) does he get his cape from uh doctor strange it is a very doctor strange-esque cape that has a life of its own but really the whole spawn mythology is that the suit acts uh in he can control it sometimes but it will also be reactionary to protect him at all times if he's does he get uh chains much like um doc ock chains like doc ock yes he has can he make spikes like a symbiote yes these are all the powers can he basically go on to become so powerful that he kills both god and the devil in the comics yes he does these things. Does, does he get like a mask that protects you, like either uh, Iron Iron Man? Yes, there's or, a or or um, uh, Star Lord. Yes, think correct. Of, think of the cape sort of like a personality disorder, where it'll do whatever it can to protect what's in here. <laughs> so, I. 
I do want to say, if you guys have anything else to say about this, I have one little thing to say after there, after this happens. So I took this little clip cause I fucking laughed out loud so hard as they're, as the paramedics are hauling out bodies, they go and grab Jessica who we just saw got shot in the forehead and she's on the gurney or whatever. And the paramedics, these are, these are crack shot, um, doctors here. You I hear this line right here. All right. What do we got here, fellas? Gunshot wound to the head, doc. Oh, uh, she's dead. There you go. That's <laughs> you have to oh, keep that for future use. <laughs> I was like, oh, she's dead. All right, time to move on with today. Oh. Actually, every time Eric keeps saying shooting spawn, I immediately like check, and I'm like, oh my god, I thought I peed it out. Yeah, well, they're in my house. They're just called Jane and Susie. So, um, <laughs> those are my shot spawn. Um, so. Oh, okay. They walk what, around uh, and breathe now. Are we, are we ah, fucking bug. Uh, <laughs> I, I'd like to. At, at some point in this movie, he doesn't get his uh, dog shot, in, uh, un, un, unlike uh, John Wick. Yes, he does have a dog named Spaz uh, in the movie, who <laughs> is the only one that remembers him. He's like, I remember that crispy smell. I don't know if you're my master. If I just want to eat you, come on over here, Spawny. And uh, he follows him around from the the Wynn residence, um, or from Terry and Wanda's house. It's very, it's very fun. Um, but <laughs> the the dog the dog is uh is very cute and not necessary at all in this movie except for like one scene where the clown almost decides to hurt the dog he's like you're not gonna hurt my dog you son of a bitch have we found out if it's the same dog actor from uh, uh something about mary oh that's a good question i didn't look it up but i mean how many of those kind of dogs existed in the 90s there couldn't be a lot it could be the same oh uh, yeah you have the uh the dog who's actually uh precious mm-hmm. from um uh silence the uh, Lamb, as well as the burbs so yes yeah, I do love I do love stuff like that. Are we already at the point, Eric, where the clown? Well, he's not just the clown. He has a name which makes me laugh. And I I know I might be jumping ahead. I'm sorry. Well, um, I, but I, I do love- have a clip where he he does go to fight the clown because that happens shortly okay. after this. And I'll play it right here where you get to hear the name of the clown because he turns into a beast called this. Do it the hard way. I warned you. I'm just gonna have to teach you a lesson. No more clowning around. I'm not the vindicator or the victimizer or the vaporizer or the vibrator. <laughs> the violator. All right. I don't know why Stern's out there, why no open micer has taken that yet as their new stage name, which is thrown me that thing. <laughs> Yo, I'm, um, I'm Tony the Violator the Comedian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's going to be hosting at Magoobies next weekend. Um, so I, are we already at the point, or I guess we're maybe hopping around a little bit, when the Violator shows his dirty fucking underwear yes he's he's already shown them but yes he pulls his underwear out like that and farts constantly and he goes oh it's kind of you know i like the jimmy stewart impression he does at one point he's like you know every time the fart hits a demon gets its wings oh there's two <laughs> at Thank one you. point he farts and he goes, oh, it's twins. And I was like, Todd <laughs> McFarlane. This is strong. It's strong. So can, uh, I, can I can I um uh give give my two cents to my favorite part mm-hmm. for uh, 
or uh, John Leguizamo in this yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, sure. Here it comes. Two seconds. Mm-hmm. One, two. Right, a plenty. I wondered what to do. I didn't know what to think, so I got a drink. And then I showed it something that was round. Then it died, smiled, fell on the ground. Clowny clown clown, Crispin Glover classic. Um, so uh, Ashley is just befuddled because we gave her no warning to that. That's actually a song that Jeremy really loves. It's uh, by the great Crispin Glover of Back to the Future fame. He uh, that's his song that there is a music video for called Clowny Clown Clown. Oh, I don't know if it was directed by uh, Bill Paxton or not. It's a strong it also, entry. It, it was also the band uh, Barnes and Barnes. Yes, so. that was upsetting. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Spawn gets attacked by the Violator, but he's able to shoot the floor underneath him, which ends up impaling the Violator. Uh, he then kind of stalks him through, and you get to see a little cameo by Todd McFarlane himself. He's actually the bum that hands him a thing. He's like, "You need this gun? Do you need a gun? Hey, did you know you're black and I made you black? Here you go." Um, <laughs> And he he gives him the gun. Uh, he then uh, gets fucked up more by the violator, who ultimately fucking impales him on a metal fence, and then says, "You gotta do what I tell you to do, and then fucking kill, win, and then destroy the world." Because you know what I did while you weren't paying attention? I gave him a little thing monitor that's attached to his heart, so when you kill him, it's gonna release the virus all over the world. But he thinks that he doesn't actually want to kill you, which doesn't make sense at all. <laughs> <laughs> can i point out though that like the violator in itself seems like the name when you just hear it i'm like that's gonna be a cool like fucking badass thing yeah, yeah, yeah. But when i come to realize that the fucking fat obese clown that can't make it around the story is the violator yeah i was like Oh. Um, I don't know the the entire uh, catalog. He traded his soul uh, for a for a thigh gap. <laughs> I'm going. I'm going to just throw it out there. This has to be a Judas Priest song. He's the violator. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Very cool. Rob Alford wrote that. So, so uh, Caliestro though gives him a little pep talk about making good choices, even though he got fucking spiked like a football on a, a metal uh, fence a second ago, and then enters the spawn bike clown chase scene where he takes a bike and then his cape turns it into a spawn bike, and they go back and forth because the clown is driving a thing of explosives. But luckily, he does the smart thing and what anybody would do in this situation, which is just turn yourself into a giant spike um which is what he does and the thing explodes the clown gets blown sky high and as he's blowing into the air he goes see you at wanda's house <laughs> and uh that uh sets up our exciting climax of the movie here um right as we're about to get to the climax i just want to say this real quick because i know we're about to wrap up i have to tell you I think this movie is far too fucking long for what it is. Oh, yeah. Way too much crap um, and trying to do too much that the comics did over like a year or two of telling this story. They try to tell, you know, in 90 minutes. They're trying to make you care about characters like Wanda and Terry, but we don't. And Cyan, which we don't. And Michael Jai White, who can't act at all, who is really just good at doing jump kicks, but really can't fucking act his way out of a wet paper bag. Yeah, all these (laughs) things are happening during the film 
filming of it. And in the meantime, you get uh, flashy special effects, which look like fucking PlayStation 1 dra- graphics. Uh, it's not great. It's not a great film from what we're seeing right now. Um but uh, we go to Wanda's house where the exciting climax is set up. Wynn is there, um, and he has Wanda tied up in a basically a crucifix um, and stabs her in the heart, um, sending Spawn into a frenzy, which is what the clown wants. He wants them to go ahead and murder the fuck out of Wynn and then bring on the end of the world. But in the last-ditch moment before he kills him, instead of killing him, he uses his evil demon powers to take the device out of his his chest with magical green energy and destroys it and then doesn't kill him and just kind of roughs him up and lights him on fire for a second because that makes us even and he says i'm tired of being hell's dirty fucking errand boy i'm out of here and then all of a sudden wanda comes back to life it was actually the clown all along it was not wanda indeed at all wanda was in hell and she's now back and now this is the violator and luckily uh uh, the violator immediately fucks up spawn again, slits his throat. But Caliestro, who's been fucking null and void the whole movie, comes in and finally uses his sword arm, which he's been teasing the whole movie, and gives him a slash. And he goes, Spawn, really need you to fucking wake up here because um, we're going to have to go to hell and fight the violator real quick. And they both get sucked into the fireplace, which is a portal to hell all of a sudden, where now the bad looking CGI uh, fucking Malbolgia is there and a bad CGI violator is there and a bad cgi changing of the hand into a giant sword which bad cgi stabs the bad violator in the bad neck where more bad cgi green blood flies out of it and then all of the forces of hell he's like you fucked me now attack him and so the answer is that he uses the same powers of hell to destroy a lot of the hell army that looks exactly like spawn and then turns his suit into an iron man-esque suit that then rocket shits him back into the regular world with Caliestro, basically saving the day have i missed anything in the exciting shitty cgi climax to spawn I'm just waiting for the moment when uh, Callisto is on the back of of an airplane of um, Twisted Metal. Yes, (laughs) Callisto. Um, I'd like to thank you for playing Twisted Metal. (laughs) So I, I feel like it's been a week of me disappointing these boys. I have let them down. Why? Twice now because I knew this movie was bad when i picked it no i i like that you picked it i am a big fan of spawn um but just when you think the movie's over ashley it's not because the violator is back one last time and now he's trying to kill spawn but spawn uses his suit powers because the 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 thing that saves it isn't good or bad it's use how to learn learn how to use your powers and the powers are when the thing bites you turn your head into spikes number one number two use your chains uh, as a buzzsaw that will then cut off of its neck um, and decapitate the violator, which is enough to kill the violator at that point. Um, very good stuff. And you also get to see the violator's head turns back into the clown. And you hear this scene, which is edited in the version that I watched right here. You get to hear him. He's supposed to say, hey, Wanda, how about a little head? But in the PG-13 version of it, they changed it to this line here. I'll gum you to death. I'll fight the... 
Hey, Wanda. What do you think about my little head, huh? <laughs> there you go. What do you think of my uh, little head? Not how about so a little head? Stupid. <laughs> yes. Um, no, I have to talk about, like, just real quickly. I, I don't think Eric's understanding just the level of guilt I feel about picking this movie because I've not seen this movie in years. I picked it. And as we're coming to what I keep thinking is the end of the movie, I out loud was like, Jesus, can we wrap this shit up? This is fucking <laughs> terrible. Like, I was like, I'm ready to just wrap up this movie. I couldn't finish it any faster. Ashley, as a Spawn fan, I've watched this movie six or seven times, so I didn't even need to rewatch it. I knew all the clips where they were and how to pull them. There was no, there was not even a thing in my mind. You know how many times I've deconstructed how bad this movie? This is the original quality time that's been playing in my head for 20 years, okay? I can't, I, I shit you not, I have deconstructed how bad this movie is my entire life. Um, but here's the problem i picked it going oh this is gonna be like so funny to shit on mm -hmm. but then once i rewatched it i was like all i feel is sad yes so uh but he kills the violator the day is saved win is now going to jail with the evidence that terry is turning over terry and wanda get to live happily ever after just cucking his wife in front of al simmons and the hell spawn still lurks the alleyways of rats alley spawn has stopped malbone plans to destroy the earth the choice has been made for now oh. and that brings us to an end of 1997 spawn jeremy your final thoughts on spawn uh one of my favorite things that i ever did my br for my brother was finally getting him a spawn mobile at a yard sale. I do Aww. have the Spawn Mobile, and it's still here very proudly. It was one of the things I lost in the fire, and the silliest of toys I've ever seen McFarland ever produce. Ash talk, talk my, my final two seconds. The mo most important part uh, for Spawn is getting a Leguizamo in drag with a blade and um, uh, um, Patrick Swayze. That is true. I have wanted to mention that. Ashley, your final thoughts on Spawn. This movie is terrible, and I'm embarrassed I picked it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like I like that you picked it, because this would be a pick of mine. So, if anything, it just felt like an extension of my badness that I, I put forward <laughs> to you. So, uh, I personally uh, fucking loathe this movie, but do love Spawn. Check out the animated series. If you'd like to watch this terrible movie for free, it is currently available on Tubi. Ashley, where can people find you at? Um, you can always find me online at Ashley Pontius Laughs or my horror page on Instagram, Slash and Gash DMV. You can catch me performing at the Lou Room in Baltimore on February 2nd. And then on February 3rd, you can catch me featuring for Jim Bryan at the Black Box Theater in Hagerstown. Ooh, double B. Check that out. You can find all things Eric Comedy at ericcomedy.com. Uh, get ready. You're about to start seeing a bunch of shows with Thomas Simbazo and I as our new band, Bussy, hits the stage. Uh, actually, tonight as we're recording this, but future dates coming up in Mount Airy and Baltimore to tell. Jeremy, take us out of here. Uh, um, something about um, uh, uh, my name is ben Benny from the Bronx, and and I and I I'm a demon, a clown. <laughs>